Well, we've got someone who, uh, it surprises me now, but uh, he's done so much since last time we spoke to him. I believe I just saw him at, uh, last time would have been at the Gopher Dunes Supercross round. That was round one of our uh, Supercross Arena Cross series up here in Canada. So that was a long time ago. He has since uh, been a bit of a world traveler, man. I've been, uh, if you've been following his Instagram, you'll kind of see that, of course. But uh, I'm talking about Cole Thompson. Uh, Cole, man, thank you very much for uh, chatting with us here. Yeah, thanks for the call. Yeah, man, we've got uh, got a lot to talk about here. And um, uh, like I always say, these podcasts are pretty easy to do. I'm just going to sit back and let you tell some stories. But uh, let's um, sort of, uh, don't worry, I'll I'll do some work too, don't worry. But um, backing up, uh, I mean, I guess we got to even talk about uh, the the number 16 on a Thor gas gas bike for the uh, first round of Supercross Arena Cross. How, I mean, how did that come up? What, uh, What was going on there? I kind of went back, I guess we'll start from the beginning. Sure. I got hurt in June and then um, had to miss, obviously, the first round of WSX. And sort of didn't know when I'd be back or when I'd be able to return to, like, full competitive racing. And uh, the month of July and August is more or less just rehab and recovery. So I kind of got things um, back under control with um, my back issues. And well, let's make, around you- the end of August... Uh, I got the call to go back to Australia, and I was pretty excited just because um, it kind of gave me something to obviously work towards, and, and I wanted to kind of go back over there and work with the team again, Circo, uh, Yamaha, and, and start uh, kind of getting ready for that. And then I got a call, like, I think it was like two weeks later. It was like maybe the around the first week um, in September there, or maybe second week. I got a call, and they're like, yeah, like, it's not going to happen this year. Yamaha had pulled all their funding and the team was folding up at the end of the year. And I was like, Oh man, like kind of a bummer deal. I had also told like, you know, club um, at that time that like, I, I wasn't thinking I'd be able to return to race the WSX in September. Originally supposed to be September, end of September, something like that. And I was like, I just don't know where I'll be at at the end of September. Uh, to come back and, and get up to speed that quick might be a tall task. So basically, uh, we're sitting around the second week of August, September. I had no bike. I'd ridden my brother's 125 a handful of times and uh, got contacted um, to ride the gas gas uh, at Gopher Dunes about a week prior. And, uh, you know, said, so why not? Like, for me, it was just more or less just kind of get the, get the feet wet again and, see where we sit on a bike in, in a race setting. So got the bike last minute, um, showed up, rode it for a day, felt somewhat all right with it to go race it. And then um, obviously Gophers, I was about like, you know, I think I finished third or second um, in, in the mains and was a little ways off and pretty rusty for the most part. But I was just pumped that I got through that race and healthy and, and obviously just gained the experience of being back at the races again. Um, and I don't think there's many pro racers that want to jump on somebody else's bike with a day's notice and, and go race it. So I felt pretty proud of myself. I mean, <laughs> results-wise, wasn't my best supercross or performance in Canada by any means. But, um, you know, at the same time, like, grab somebody off the couch and say, hey, come ride somebody else's bike with their suspension, their whole package, and then where you finish but um yeah nonetheless i was i was pumped that that weekend went smooth as far as like not crashing or doing anything serious and then uh in that 
I guess that kind of weird week that I had leading up to Gophers, I got the call to go back to Australia and also got the WSX <laughs> because they rescheduled the WSX. Also got the WSX gig back with clubs to race the 250 instead of 450. So it was like, went from having nothing the week before Gophers to having like three opportunities. Um, and obviously with WSX and now the Australian thing, I couldn't do compete in the rest of the Canadian series. So the plan was to do just the first round, see how it went. And, and I think after that, kind of just um, focused on the Australian and, and WSX. Did they know kind of where when you were heading into Gopher Dunes today, did he know at that point that you had back, it was back on for the world and like he just, he just wanted to see how I, I fared at the first round. I think Tyler Medegro was supposed to come back for the last two anyway. Okay. So it was more or less to see how it goes first two, if things are going good. And then everything did go good. And that, you know, like, you know, end of the day, we're all, we're all in good terms and stuff. And everything's fine. And it was more or less just a trial. It was like, honestly, like the bikes were in Ontario. I rode them. I rode the bike the day before. I raced it. It was just more or less just kind of like just, go have fun, whatever the day is, it is. There was no contract. There was no agreement. So, um, you know, that's why I was even wearing my old gear. You know what I mean? I was wearing my brother's, like, gear and boots and stuff. <laughs> like, I was just, it was just to, to go out and race. And then, uh, obviously, with the the Australian opportunity, it, it, it was, you know, like, um, starting, I think, two weeks later. So, basically, that next week, I jumped on a flight, flew over there, and, you know, at the time, you know, I hadn't really been riding Supercross. I, I'd been hardly riding at all. And I get over there and, like, I mean, I was, like, in the deep water. Like, I felt so like a fish out of water. Like, I was struggling so bad that first week. I hadn't ridden the Yamaha 250 since um, Salt Lake City. Uh, I hadn't been riding. I'd been <laughs> training, but like anybody knows, like, training's one thing, riding's another. And I was a little bit overwhelmed going to the first round. Luckily, it kind of went into sort of my wheelhouse as far as the track was in a ring across the first round of Australian. Uh, the, the Supercross series kicked off as like a ring across. Right. And I ended up, first practice, I was like, I, I can't ride the bike. You know, it's too stiff. I'm not used to the stiff Supercross suspension. It wasn't my suspension. It was the teams. And it's just a bit of like, I needed to find some comfort, so I swapped to motocross suspension. And actually, when I swapped to motocross suspension, things started clicking for me. And oh, wow. like, uh, yeah. And then I I got fourth the first round of Australian Supercross, and I was again like I was stoked with that. It was like kind of like small wins, like on the outside looking, like oh I got fourth, like whatever. But like I was like man, like again with like the lack of preparation and, and work that went into that, I was pumped that I was able to get the points and get myself set up for the championship in a good way because it's only three-round championship. Right. So it, That it, leads me to flying. I flew back home and started riding um, my place again. And you've probably seen some Instagram videos of me riding at my place in October. Right, for sure. And it was probably the best thing for me. Mentally, I needed to, like, reset, kind of um, just get back to, like, you know, just putting in the work, putting in the lap, getting the seat time. And had a great month of October back home and then, I drove down to um, Carolina so that I'd have my RV and everything down there for when I get back because I would be gone for just over a month. And then I flew out to Dubai or Abu Dhabi for the <laughs> WSX. Hadn't ridden the club bike, didn't test anything, just kind of 
one of those things, just go out, get the bike on track, and just get a good, try to get the best finish possible. Obviously, um, I was looking at it as an opportunity to test, you know, a different 250 and, and also kind of just see where I stack up in the 250 WSX field. And seeing that it would be my first WSX, I was just, more or less, I'm like, it's an opportunity I get that can kind of, you know, maybe put me in the right direction or see where I'm at, see where I need to improve. And, uh, show up and it's like an arena cross again in Abu Dhabi and I was kind of like you know like looking forward to it but also like ah like arena cross can go one of two ways you get that studs you kind of get shuffled back it's hard to make up time but luckily uh got good starts and all day went really good qualified good uh heat race went good and then both the first two mains were good I actually got second in the second main event and was set up for a podium position in the final and then just didn't get a good start in the final main event of the WSX and missed the podium and ended up fourth at Abu Dhabi. And again, it was like frustrating, but I was like, you know what? Like it is what it is. Like that was a great first round. I had to back to Australia that week and did round two for Australia. And that was where it kind of like was frustrating for me. I felt so good on the bike, felt great all day in Australia for their second round of the Australian Supercross. And Ended up um, a bad start in the first because it was another trip come. Bad start in the first main event, got up to fourth, and they do points per main event there. So, like, it's basically three main events in one night. Oh, okay. And they're short main events. So then in the second one, got uh, an art start, and then I got cleaned out on the open lap and went to the last. And with the short main event, it was tough to make up ground and ended up 12th. And that's kind of what hurt me in the points. And then... The final main event ended up third, ended up fourth overall. And leading into the final, I think it was like three of us tied or or no, it was two of us. Me and Robbie Wageman were tied for third in the point for the last round of Australian Supercross. And uh, I ended up third on the night in one the heat race and ended up third and ended up third in the championship. Then um, the following night was right into WSX. And again, it was like... Um, um, back back night went one my heat race and then went I think six or no five two two for second overall on the night in uh, WSX. So overall it was I was pumped like I was just pumped because I was like the both nights that I raced I, I rode pretty good and felt like I made kind of made the the jump that I or made the difference between the nights and up the ground i don't know it was good <laughs> all right we obviously we uh we covered an awful lot there so i just want to back up and touch on a couple of things i mean way back to the beginning here of your of our of your, of your conversation here but um you mentioned your back and i mean i know you've been and for a lot of us out there we suffer uh some you know lower back troubles and stuff like that i know you've you've had this historically like is it cured now and tell everybody kind of what happened and, and if you did cure what the heck did you do uh, I just happened riding. It was a weird deal. Happened riding and uh, started with just sciatic pain. And then the sciatic pain just got worse and worse to the point where, like, I couldn't extend my leg straight. And then I found, like, I could never find comfort. Like, the only time I find comfort would be, like, in a bed or something. But, like, I couldn't walk. I couldn't sit in a car. I couldn't sit in a chair. Um, and it just got worse and worse to the point where, like, when I was riding, I was riding on my heels all the time. Like, I found, like, I couldn't ride even on my toes, like, weird oh. things. And I couldn't extend my legs straight. So, like, in supercross, you extend your legs kind of straight for, for jumping and 
just in general. And I always found like I was competing so much with my right side that my left side was kind of starting to fall out of balance. And I just felt to the point where I like, I'm like, I don't even know if I could get on a plane and fly to the WSX ground, never mind ride it. You know what I mean? Like I was more concerned at even getting my body there. That's why I like, I, I called it off a little week before and it was one of those deals like it's hard to do because you leave the team in a, in a kind of a crappy situation. And my view on things is like, you know, unless you have like a bone sticking out of you, you, you race through it, you know, yeah, that's exactly. the racing mentality. And I just got to a point where I'm like, I just don't feel safe on a bike anymore and I need to take the time to heal up. So then I went on MRI and I had quite a few things. It was like bulging disc, um, pinch nerve. <laughs> and then, um, just with everything, like my, my alignment in my back was all out of whack because I've been compensating so much mm-hmm. and that basically could either let it kind of just over time, uh, let it calm down or get, uh, just injections to, uh, reduce some swelling and free up, you know, obviously the nerve. So I had that done and pretty much instantly I had like, like a big release. I still had lingering pain, but like it was to the point where like I could manage it again. And I hadn't felt that in so long that like, it was almost like tears of joy. Like I was just so relieved to get like the bulk off my, like off my back, literally to where I could just like properly sit in my seat again, walk somewhat normal. And then I, I started doing a lot of cycling, but like, and when I say cycling, it was just on a spin bike and not like, hard cycling like just spinning the legs and just getting the blood circulating and stuff and i did a lot of that did a lot of walking and then um as much physical therapy as i could do and right away like um two weeks three weeks in maybe i was like man like i I feel better than i did kind of before i heard it to be honest with you and i gave it another three weeks before i even got on the bike to even try riding but when i first it was weird when i first started trying to ride it wasn't it wasn't great. Like it was like, and maybe just in general, because you, you back kind of have to build up, you know, different than anything. Like when you ride, you got to build up your, your strength. Like it needed time. So I like the first time I went riding, I think I did 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I don't feel good. Hmm. And then uh, I took a couple days off and I rode for like maybe 15 minutes next time. So like it slowly just came back to where now, like knock on wood, like I've been pretty good for a few months now and, and, and progressively like still like, improving it seems like wow that's incredible anybody uh like myself who has suffered back you know problems and stuff like that just listening to your story i'm just moving around in my chair here going uh, just thinking about trying to get comfortable yeah it's uh, <laughs> if you if you don't know what cole's talking it's about tough, yeah consider yourself lucky if you don't know what cole's talking about <laughs> yeah i feel like as i said i'm like regardless like i've seen doctors in canada right away it's pretty like it's like you get judged for riding dirt bikes already, but then like you tell right. them like, yeah, like, you know, I race dirt bikes and this is what I do for profession. Like, obviously like it is hard on the back, but I'm like, man, I've met so many people that don't do racing that have back issues and I've researched it so much. It's honestly like 90% of people deal with this. Yeah. 90% of people like live every day, like, you know, in some sort of pain or discomfort. And it's just, it sucks, but like, that's just life, you know, that's getting older. You know what I mean? That's just wearing tear on the body. So regardless, I'm sure riding isn't, you know, any better for it. But, like, I don't blame riding for these problems. Like, you know, just, you know, certain people 
get older and, and, and have these, these issues flare up. And it's funny, since I kind of came out and said it, um, other people have reached out to me and have been like, hey, like, had the same problems or, hey, been dealing with this. Cool to see you, like, kind of open up about it. Like, I, I, you know, I had questions about injections and stuff. So a lot of people have reached out to me since then. Since I've you know posted about it back in June and stuff, and it's a common thing. Oh yeah, no, I had I I've suffered it since I was a, a kid, and it was before I even before I was even riding motocross. So I mean, I was I was screwed before even riding. So it's like you say, you never know if you could ride all all yeah. your life and not have any back problem. But whatever. Okay, okay so now I gotta yeah, ask exactly. you. Um, I need to uh, ask you a couple of things, man. You've you've been to Abu Dhabi and you've been to Australia, man. I mean, you went. You went to Australia, you came home, and you went back and stayed there for the two, you know, last two rounds and stuff. I, I got to ask you about the, you know, the tourist type stuff, man. A lot of people, you know, kind of think about going to either of those places, and you went to both of them in such. What was it like? I mean, I mean, obviously we think about just crazy hot. What was the travel like? What were the people like in Abu Dhabi? What was what's Abu Dhabi like? The flight was long. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Every flight, I said I, I picked. The gnarly races to come back to um, after having a back injury to sit on a plane <laughs> for 17 hours or whatever it was. Pretty aggressive, but no, it long flights. And then when we got to Abu Dhabi, um, it was hot, man. Like really, really hot. We uh, we had a section outside of the arena, and it was uh, during the day. Like it felt like kind of felt like Loretta Lynn again. Like you just get this like burst of hot air in your face, and you get back inside and it's all cool and stuff. <laughs> But no, it was, um, I, I guess for um, tourists, I didn't really do a lot. So I can't comment on like the culture and stuff. We went and ate at a couple of places as a team and stuff over there. But um, I didn't do too much touring. I didn't go into Dubai. A lot of people went to Dubai and, and just, you know, did some stuff. Went to the F1 track and, and did some stuff. And I heard those were good experiences. I was more or less just there to just kind of race. And I was on my own. And then um, I went to Australia and had meet me so then we kind of did more stuff and australia to me because it's maybe year two but it feels like a second home now like cool i feel like when i land like i yeah, like i'm back in canada almost like it's just like everything's right there and it kind of clicks and stuff it does get a little weird the first maybe two days of driving over there being on the wrong side of the road but after that you're good to go <laughs> Nice. All right. Yeah. I mean, I always the joke you hear about uh, in the Middle East and stuff. I know they always say it's forty nine degrees Celsius because if they say it's fifty, they have to stop working. So they never say it's fifty. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, it's hot, man. It's really, really hot. And like um, everything, like I said, like around there, um, almost seems like yeah. Like when it's during the day, like nobody's really outside because it is so hot. You can't really do much. But then that like kind of brings everything alive and stuff. So it's different. But Australia is hot too. Like. Where I stayed in Australia, it felt just as hotter, hotter because the humidity is so high. And right. They come into summer when we're doing Supercross. So from October to even when I went back there in November, it had jumped, you know, many, many more degrees and <laughs> got hotter. So riding Supercross when it, you know, I don't know what it is, Celsius, but like it'd be like 90 Fahrenheit and riding Supercross, it feels like torture, but that's how you got to do it over there to, uh, to, to get uh, practicing. Right. Okay. And then also, uh, speaking of the team over there, the Circle Yamaha team, like that team had folded up. Like, did they get some new sponsors? Like, do you know anything what happened? They just said, oh, no, we're, the people were back in and decided to give another shot. Or do you know any details there? What happened there? Yeah. Um, from what I know, so, yeah, like, again, Circle, second year with them. And, like, I stayed in touch with Circle all through last year. Like, 
you, you almost become family with with teams like like they are like they're a really close knit team, a smaller team. You know, two mechanics, uh, Gavin Yells who runs it, um, and then when the team, I they got the call from Yamaha, kind of saying like the restructuring budget and that they wouldn't be supportive with Yamaha. It was kind of like for him too late to find another manufacturer and he'd been doing it for you know a lot of years with Yamaha and it was kind of like you can't just restart in you know a matter of because they go back racing in March for their outdoor series it's kind of hard to start a whole new team with a new manufacturer and it'd almost be like you'd be taking someone else's team away like if they went and got let's say KTM well now you're taking it away from somebody else that gets supported from KTM you know what I mean and they felt like it was just you know maybe fitting to just kind of call it and you know, look back on the 24 years that they ran with Yamaha and, and kind of celebrate that rather than try to pull something out of the hat last minute. So it was kind of sad, like, going into the last round and knowing it would be the last time as a team. Like, you know, I felt really motivated to try to bring them a championship this year and obviously didn't, you know. Um, so going to the last one, the best I could do was kind of third, you know, second if something happened uh, to the guy that was in second. But realistic was third and I wanted to finish on a high. I wanted to get on the podium. I wanted to try to win, but Max Anstey's running really well right now. He was, you know, obviously fired up to kind of tweet the series. So for me, it was just kind of finish on the podium, finish on half of the team and say goodbye. And, um, obviously, like, it's never easy to see a team go, and especially when they've been around for 24 years. You know, it'd be like seeing something uh-huh. like KTM just fold up, you know, in Canada. It'd be, uh, be kind of a big hit. Man, okay. And then another thing, uh, I was just kind of scribbling things down here as you were going through some of your stories. And now I know, uh, how, how was it uh, being a teammate with Phil Nicoletti? I don't know what uh, what the history is there exactly, but how was that? Were you hanging out over there? Or how were you guys? Good. Actually, it's funny enough, like, I don't know, maybe Phil wouldn't agree, but I kind of felt like we became boys. Like, we were cool up to, uh, pretty much from the start. I think, like, he probably had speculation about me and this and that. Like, I think anybody that meets me, and I've always said this, like anyone that actually knows me that meets me, like I'm a pretty straight shooter. Phil's a pretty straight shooter for the most part. And like, honestly, like we hit it off. We were good in, in Dubai. And then like when we were in Australia, like we we're good there too. And um, it's funny, man, like hearing his side of it, you know, like he kind of came to the Canada and had these opinions already made of me from, you know, people that, you know, the team that he rode for, um, Obviously, he was tight with Colton and stuff, so like that whole deal didn't make things better when, when, uh, when it all went down in 2018. And right. I think you kind of can make opinions before you meet someone just off what they're telling you. And it sucks, but you know that's just reality, right? Like you know, I, I, I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. Everyone's kind of guilty of you know making opinions before they meet someone. And I think like he kind of. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he disagreed with this, but it got like a different <laughs> view of me, and kind of just seen that like we're both we're both just straight shooters, and kind of just say how it is. Like I don't I don't be phony with people. Like there's a lot of phony people, and I'm just kind of straight up. Like if I'm cool with you, I'm cool with you. If I'm not, then like I don't care to be fake. And um, a lot of the a lot of the industry maybe takes me the wrong way in Canada for that. You know, like because I'm maybe a little bit more on the aggressive side of racing or whatever. And I wouldn't even say it's that. I just think that there's my brothers on the series didn't help things back in 2018 when Phil came to the series and stuff like that. So like all those things that happened back then, I think we kind of put that in the past and we're kind of good and it was a fresh start. And 
I respect him and stuff, and I think for the most part, maybe he doesn't or does, but he respects me in the same way. And it was really cool to to get to hang out with him and be teammates with him. I actually enjoyed it, to be honest. Like I enjoyed uh, getting to uh, you know hang out for the couple of days in Dubai and a couple of days in Australia that we got together. Well, that's cool. It's cool to hear. Good uh, good stuff, man. Now, how about uh, also now you seem to be yeah, attached. Yeah. Now you're attached at the hip with uh, Robbie Wageman, it seems, huh? Yeah, yeah, Robbie. Can't get away from the guy. He just falls me everywhere. <laughs> He's chasing me. I said, he, um, we did the Australian series together. He kind of got um, the ride around the same time I got the Circo gig, and then I wasn't going to go, and man, I was going to go. So it was kind of cool to kick things off with him over there because for him, it was his first year over there, and, you know, my second year and stuff. And we talked a little bit throughout last year when he was with uh, Bar X and stuff, and it was cool to have him go through the WSX thing with me too. Like we went to Abu Dhabi and like we had the same hotel and we'd have breakfast every morning with Dino. And I said like, it's cool to kind of like see people outside of, that's one thing I want to comment on actually. The cool thing about WSX, say what you will about it, about how it runs. It is a really fun environment when you're there. Like it's a unique environment. It's, um, it's good to see like riders interact with each other and, and like, I mean, just see people away from the races, like, in general. Just, like, you know, at the hotel or just, you know, in the lobbies, whatever. And it's, like, it's just a cool, like, almost like a like a, a school, like a high school kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Just everyone just hanging out, make a small talk, and then go and do your business on the track, and then everybody kind of being civil in the pits and stuff. And that's kind of what, back to being Robbie, it's, like, you know, I got to know Robbie really well just doing, you know, those races and then, you know, now that we're teammates over here, it kind of like made it that much easier to kind of more or less kind of get bounce ideas off each other when we're, you know, testing or riding and kind of understand each other. Nice. And speaking of the WSX stuff, how, how does it work? Do they just like back a big dump truck full of cash up or what do they, uh, what do they do? <laughs> With- With what? Well, I'm just joking about, uh, there's all, you know, always talk about how much money, you know, how much money and stuff like that. Is it, uh, did you see that? Like, were they, oh. yeah, how was, uh, how was the payment and everything? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that works. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, ideally, like, you know, in a perfect world, it would be awesome to see it go because it, you know, gives people like myself and a lot of other racers opportunity. And I said, like, I mean, like, I think, if anything, there's a lot of good that came from it. The AMA series has increased the pay significantly. Um, because of it, I think. And it's really, really nice to go racing on the weekends. Like when I was doing it as a privateer two years ago, I would make, I think, $900 for like 10th place, which are like, you know, around top 10 in a 250 main event. And per pass is like $10, you know, <laughs> back then. Like this was two years ago. Now it's like, you know, like double that, you know, or, and, and some more. And it's nice to go to the races and, like, actually be able to, like, look forward to making some money and not being like, oh, like, I'll just break even. Because at the time, like, I tried to, by the time I pay for fuel and fees and all stuff, you're not really making any money. You're just kind of just getting by. Right. And I had help. Like, I had tons of people help me and reach out and stuff. Like, MX-101 supplied me a motor. That would have been an extra cost and stuff. And all these things add up to where, like, WSX, like, it's like, again, like I thought 
it's a great concept. Like it is a lot of money to put on those kinds of events and a lot of money to have the team, you know, get paid and the riders and this and that. But like if it did go, man, like it would make, you know, myself and, and lots of others stay in the sport because like, you know, I kind of laugh, but it's not laughable. But, you know, I bounced around to four different teams last year, you know, when you figure it all out, just to kind of keep myself going in the sport. And with like, I'm not saying like that it, it's ideal, but like you have to do what you have to do to kind of keep yourself going when you're I'm 30 years old now. Mm-hmm. And I only want to race Supercross because that's what I enjoy. And if WSX could step up to a seven or eight round series in the summer, it would make it to where I don't have to race any outdoors. I could just race Supercross. And right. I think like that's a, a pretty cool concept in itself. Go to these cities and fly in, have your bike and teams all situated and put on a show more or less and then uh, you know fly back and do it all over again yeah like a like a a real professional athlete right <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly I said like kind of like you see you see a lot of this um, the I said like WWE right like it's a bit of a show and I mean like not obviously not WWE but like you know you come in you put on a show and you go to these different cities or different countries I mean sorry and, uh, you know, everyone has a good time. Like, one of the things I noticed in Abu Dhabi, like, maybe it wasn't co- completely filled out, but the people that were there were some of the coolest people I've seen. Like, they were diehard for it. Like, there was, uh, there was talk about opening lap of uh, the night show, uh, and just a hot lap in the 250 main event. One of the guys jumped the triple in the hot lap, and the whole stadium gasped, like, <laughs> jaw-dropping. Like, they couldn't believe it. And that's cool for a lot of those kids. A lot of those families, they may have never heard or seen or understood dirt bike, but now they've caught somewhat of an interest. And I mean, if you can do that on a global scale, I think you're you're succeeding at you know growing the sport. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, for sure, man. That's that's cool, dude. Yeah, like you say, it's sometimes some of them have never seen it before, right? And there you go, cool, putting it in front of new people. Exactly. All right. Now, I didn't ask you this right off the top, but uh, we spoke just before we started here. You just made it out to California, right? What's uh, what's going on? What are you doing right now? Uh, so, ride the race bike. Um, I'm supposed to ride today just to uh, make sure everything's good. And then uh, press Friday morning, early Friday morning. And then racing Saturday. So, um, yeah, flew out last night. And then today got a bit of rain, but not too much. So, I'll ride tomorrow instead of today. So Thursday, and then do press on Friday, and oh, good. then uh, be ready to go Saturday morning. Kind of with the new schedule starts a bit earlier, but I don't even mind to be honest with you. I think like people kind of get confused, but like it gets dark in California around like four thirty anyway, and then when they kick off the night show and stuff like that, I'm like, man, it's a long day when like I'm already up early, and <laughs> we get done earlier now, so I'm like, hey, I'm fine with it. Like I know a lot of people are like kind of like mixed on it. I'm staying East Coast this year. So it actually helps me that it starts earlier for the night show. Right. It's funny. We just I had our mad about it. Yeah, we just had our, our media uh, Zoom conference call with uh, with all the all the broadcast team and all that kind of stuff yesterday, and they were actually talked about that quite a bit. How that's what the goal is, obviously, to kind of keep people with the live TV being interested on the East Coast, making it work. So it's going to be a little earlier in the West, but uh, it all makes sense for the growth of it on the for the live live presentation. Yeah, yeah, I think on, like, East Coast, it's 8 o'clock now for the yeah. first start time, which we, you know what I mean, like, that's perfect. Be done um, main events by 10.45 kind of thing, East Coast time. And, uh, 
Yeah, people can actually have a decent sleep and not be up till 2 a.m. <laughs> That's right. Hey, um, I guess I got to talk. So you're back with the uh, Team Solitaire. Now it's Thunder Bay's own Chris Elliott there. Uh, obviously, he's just got his American citizenship, but we won't talk too much about that. But what, uh, you, I mean, he went down to California on a hockey scholarship. Like, do you guys talk some hockey? Do you drag the rest of the team into hockey talk? We actually, me, me and Chris don't talk much hockey to be honest with you i should ask chris more about his, his hockey days uh, i mean we have talked about it in the past and stuff but not much this year um i mean i gotta give it up to the team in general i think it goes unnoticed a little bit sometimes but man this group of group of people and that's kind of why i'm back here this year it's like the dedication that these guys have ryan chris mechanic joe eric it's unbelievable like they work full-time jobs during the week and then do this on the weekends to give, like, myself and, you know, last year was Nick Curry and um, and this year it's, it's Robbie, but, like, give us opportunities. And, um, like, even being back with them this year, like, it's, there's more motivation every year, it seems like, like last year and this year, like, when we keep feeding on it. And um, it's really, really cool to be with a group of people like this that want it that bad. And obviously, like, they know I'm getting older, so they want the best years out of me and, you know, I want the best years out of that kind of thing. And we kind of feed on that energy and do everything we can. And with the, you know, obviously the limited budget that we work with compared to a lot of the teams, it's, it's really, really impressive. And another thing is like working with a company like Liat um, Gear. They do a really, really cool job in, in making every weekend unique and not, uh, you know, just settling, you know, like every weekend last year we had a custom theme. And I think that's one of the cool things for a rider to even look back on is like, I can see what gear I'm wearing and bike and match it to that weekend. Just <laughs> that, like in the blink of an eye, just because I know that every weekend was unique and different and, um, you know, doing stuff like that goes a long way. Um, you know, having hot sauce company be the title sponsor is unique in itself. Um, people everywhere now refer to it as the hot sauce team or you know the hot sauce guy but uh i think that's cool when you can identify yourself for the team and for the riders is you know have an identity every, every time you say really that really ivan, cool. Tod- ivan tedesco's every time you say that ivan tedesco's ears perk up huh. yeah i know <laughs> shoot do we need uh, tedesco to be uh be a rider for us one of these years. <laughs> hey, and I just wanted to say too that, like you mentioned, Liat being so involved. I, I deal a lot with Liat here at Direct Motocross, and they are awesome to deal with, and they are just so keen to keep growing and growing. Obviously, they were the neck brace company. Now they obviously want to be more and everything. So it's pretty cool to see them. How just how much effort they put in. I, I see it here at uh, my end too, for sure. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Like I see the second year working with them, and I think there is always like when you. Should, Last year was my first year with them. You always have speculation, kind of like you look like, oh, it's going to be good, not good. And, you know, the product's good. The brand's really good to work with. And, like, the communication's amazing. Like, almost weekly, they, you, I'll get a, a message from Parker, who the gear guy kind of looks after the team. And she'll message me weekly asking if I need anything. And, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, a set of gear, uh, a pair of boots, a helmet, she'll have it next day to my door kind of thing. And, wow it's really, really cool for, for that aspect. And then also just them trying to grow the brand and take feedback from the riders and, and any like criticism they take and they take it and try to improve what they've already put together. And, um, like I tell everyone, like, you know, like 
I was always an Alpine Star kid, um, Thor, and, you know, worked with them, those companies for a lot of years, and it's really different to switch. And I said one of the things that when I did switch is I found that, like, they make really, really good products, and, you know, I had no problem adjusting. Um, and it's cool to see other brands stepping up and, you know, having safer helmets, safer boots and braces and all the protective gear to uh, obviously keep you safe, but um, more or less feel comfortable too wearing it. Nice. All right. You mentioned uh, your relationship with Thor. It's kind of funny. I, I was just, I was looking for, uh, what was I looking for? Christmas decorations last month. And I found, what's in this old bin? I opened up a bin and it was an old Thor helmet back from, I don't know, 2010, perhaps that jam you would have given me back when, when I was hanging out with you guys down at the amateur nationals. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still got that uh, thing. That was a good era. Good era of um, amateur moto. Yeah. Hey, okay. So I only have a couple more questions, Cole. I'll, I'll, I'll let you break free here in a second, but uh, the number 71, not really my favorite looking number. What do you think of the 71? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's funny. I actually said last year I won something in the 70s. Okay. And then I got 71 this year. And um, I don't mind it. Um, I think it's just, it, it's like anything. When you when you switch numbers so often, you kind of just get used to whatever after, you know, like a couple of days. Um, <laughs> you know, like I was number two in Australia this year. I was number six the year before. Um, 16, 83, uh, 161. You know, the last few years I've been bouncing around with so many different numbers. I think it's uh, it it comes around to you, well, at least to me, a little quicker and stuff. Um, so I don't mind it, honestly. Like, I, I I would like to see a lower lower digit, if anything. You know, like get more points this year to get a lower digit. Kind of the goal is, is try to get back down into uh, something a little bit lower and uh, and be uh, running it maybe even top fifty numbers is the goal. Hey, seven one is that July first? Is that Canada Day? Canada Day, good number. That's a good number. Good way to look at it. Canada Day. There, there we go. go. Chris will like that good one. Canada boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven ones last first. There you go. Putting it together already. There you go. Okay, I like the number now. Hey, okay. So, are, you say you're you're, you're uh, based in the east. Are you going back to Shoals? Is that where you're hanging out again, or what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So I'll be um, staying in Carolina this or I'm going to try to do the whole winter there, but depending on like weather and stuff like that. And I wouldn't mind, you know, um, going down to Florida to hit a few races when it comes around Daytona time. Nice. Because, like, I think there's, like, three or four different races to hit around, like, that March, beginning of March at time. So, wouldn't mind going down there for a bit. But uh, for for home camp, I'd do the Shoals all winter. They take care of me really well. Um, Duke Baylor is obviously an absolute beast of a rider. He's uh he can do it all from riding in the woods to motocross to supercross, and then he can build pretty much anything you ask him, he'll build. And if he doesn't get it right the first time, he'll he'll level it and start over again. So to have um, a guy like that doing, um, you know, that kind of work for me and, and wanting to improve the facility. And actually, it's pretty cool. When I left there, there was 45 kids that they had there for winter training, which it's a bit of, um, you know, a bit of madness, but in a good way. You know, good to see some of the kids riding and so many good kids at the facility for this uh, this winter coming. Perfect, perfect. Hey, I, okay, I, I lied. I, I just found one more question I just thought of here. Now, Robbie Wageman, yeah. is kind of, what are you, you're going to have to keep up with uh, after, at the end of practice, at the end of a heat, when the checkered flag waves, you have to get a knack-knack down or something. What, what are you going to do? Because Robbie's good at those knack-knacks. 
yeah, Rob is good. I went up to his house, or not his house, his, well, his track up from, so I was in California for two weeks, uh, like two weeks ago. And uh, we went and rode his place, and it's um, kind of in the hills where they do like uh, like the Red Bull stuff, and like they have um, they have like this ranch. And uh, we we're out there in the freestyle ranch, and like I man, like I've hit a freestyle ramp here and there, but like he's got it like dialed. Like he actually <laughs> looks like like a legit freestyle dude like he can throw it upside down he can do these like whips and i'm like dude you never post anything like he never posts that side of him huh. you never see that you know he, he has all this crazy style but um i'm too old honestly i just go back to the old car i'm in my 30s now said so i'm okay with you know like having average whips or not even average with below average whips <laughs> or average scrubs or whatever you want to call them and not being the most stylish, I just need to make sure that, you know, I keep it on two wheels when I'm doing doing these jumps or trying to do these jumps. <laughs> well, Cole, we're, we're going to have Jessica Longname there covering the uh, Western round, so you're going to have to do something because I'm telling her to get everything she can at the checkered flag of the heat races and, I mean, practice. So pressure, especially. though? Uh, well, you got to work on it. <laughs> yeah, I do need to work on it. I, said, I wish I had a little bit more style, this one thing. When you get a little bit a little bit more style, you get better pictures, you know what I mean? Maybe get a few more likes on the, on the Instagram. <laughs> okay, this is my real last question. Um, okay, so you're number 71. Yep. You ended up 10th last year, and it's kind of funny because you ended up tied with Derek Kelly, who was the guy who actually you got together with out west way back, well, before, and then you finished one up on Robbie, yep. Wage, Robbie Wageman was right behind you in, in the 11th, so... It's a, kind of an interesting little uh, three-pack there. What's the, what's What do you think of that, and what's the goal for this season? Yeah, I mean, last year, I think looking back, one of the things that I, I kind of kicked myself in the butt for is just not um, getting the proper finishes when I had the chance. Like, I was riding really good at A2, and that was a triple crown and had a, you know, a crash and finished 14th on the night, and it should have been, you know, a top 10. You know, like that should have been top ten night no problem, and and then again in like Glendale, and there's just mistakes that I look back and like those points would have added up to get me even a little bit further ahead than than I think I could have got like maybe eighth or something like that because there's some injuries in there, and then obviously I didn't make the main at Salt Lake, which hurt me. So like, there's just little things that add up in the season. I'm like, that's one of the things that I want to make a point to do better this season and make sure that I get the most out of every weekend points wise and put myself in the best position out of the gate to at least have a chance at a good finish, but more or less be the, the pace of the front runners and, and try to work on being a more consistent starter, racer, finisher every weekend. And, and obviously tying in points and having Robbie finish behind me last year, was kind of like, again, probably he looks back and does the same thing. Like there's weekends that he had that was bad and Kelly had some weekends that crashed out and, it's like, you know what I mean, just putting yourself in a better position on the end of the series because, um, unfortunately, the way that uh, the sport goes, you're only as good as your last finish, and my last finish wasn't the greatest. So <laughs> looking to uh, bounce back and, and do better. Nice. All right, man. Well, um, this, I mean, we're always trying to get you up into the 450 class. So what um, after this year, would you consider doing moving up? What's, what's the plan? I, I, I lied. I had one more question. <laughs> Yeah, no, the 450 is always an option. Uh, I like the 450 for Supercross. 
even the little bit of time I spent on it getting ready for WSX, I really, really enjoyed it. Kind of actually made me sad going back to the 250 in a way because of how much I enjoyed the 450. But honestly, I'm just going to say it. Like, the 450 class is really, really tough. A lot of good racers. There's a lot of good racers in the 250. I think just what helps me is my experience and obviously being a split coast, right? You split the the competition kind of down the middle and, you know, this guy goes there, that guy goes there. So I think there's opportunity down the road. If I was to ever do it, I would more or less kind of focused on um, trying to do it maybe in like another year or two. I would like to try to do another year after this on the 250s just because I felt like I built so much from 22-23. I feel like I still have some more building to do this year. And, um, you know, by 25, I'm going to be, you know, 32. Right in prime. Point, um, I wouldn't mind moving up. Well, I'll tell you, man, obviously you're such a smooth rider. I think I don't think uh, anybody would disagree when I say that you're probably, to watch, you're probably a better 450 rider just because it suits your smooth riding and you can just use the power of the bike, whereas, you know, the young kids and the aggression, the 250 doesn't seem like it should suit your style. So we definitely look forward to at least a full season, the whole thing, and on a 450, it would be good to see. Yeah, yeah, and logistics-wise, I'd have to, like, obviously have a team yeah, or someone sure. to help me of course. Uh, do all of them. But, yeah, you never know if opportunity came. I, I definitely would, would be open to it. And this year, I think the plan is to do those rounds um, a few on the east to get, uh, again, more familiar with it. Last year, I didn't have a 450 for the rounds that I did do. I just did on the 250. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I struggled mentally to kind of overcome the difference. And doing it on a, you know, even a practice 250 versus a race 250 you know, big jump. And then again, like those rounds that I did were just uh, more or less to kind of see where I was at. And then I was supposed to come back and get a 450 and it just didn't work out. But this year, like, again, the goal is to do as many races as I can. Working on doing uh, a few on the East again. And likely by the East, you know, you'll have, you know, maybe a little less, maybe more competition, however it worked out. But it'd just be good to get some gate drops on the 450 in general to kind of see, you know, how much more improvement I need to do or if I am ready or not ready kind of thing. Nice. All right. Well, if anybody's listening that owns a team and they're looking for someone two years down the road, keep uh, keep Cole Thompson in mind. <laughs> Let's just say, yeah, yeah, two or three years, we'll see. We'll see. But no, <laughs> that's uh, one of the things I always get asked is why, why I'm too thinking. I just said, like, pretty simple. Like, the two coach, half the round, and you're kind of splitting it, 450, the $17 rounds, the guys that do it are very very respectable riders and they're doing it um because they mean business i mean like they're they're the real deal the guys in the 450 class for sure and 250 i mean anything over here like i say if you're you're out and I, kudos to the canadians that are doing it this year i think uh, there's a few i give anybody credit that comes over and does it you know what i mean leave your country behind and come over and do a few of these races they're not easy um and it, it only improves your attitude towards racing, I think you can only benefit from riding with the people over here. Yeah, no, for sure, man, for sure. All right, well, we've got a few other Canadians down there out, uh, out west that you're obviously going to bump into this weekend, so that'll be cool. Keep everybody up here north of the border interested in uh, checking it all out. So looking forward to that. And you got to get out to the coast, man. The, the California's getting this insane high tide surf. They're getting like some 30-footers out there. Yeah, take a boogie board out there. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Get Chloe set up with the camera and let's let's see some of this. 
There we go. Won't, won't be won't be at round one because I caught some waves. Ended up on my head. <laughs> all right, Cole. Hey, appreciate yeah. you taking so much time to kind of fill us in on all the uh, all that you've done since we saw you last, man. It's been uh, it's going to be a, a half year for you to remember. That's for sure. And good luck this weekend. Um, yeah, we'll be watching and we'll we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Do you want to uh, do a thank you rundown or we kind of covered them all? But you want to give one? Yeah, just shout out the entire um, Heartbeat, Hot Sauce, Team Solitaire, Yamaha. Um, great group of people and happy to be back with them for another year, year two. Looking to uh, get some redemption on some of these races and uh, hopefully be uh, seeing some Canadians uh, come up support. But nonetheless, I always see the people on uh, social media supporting me, so I appreciate it. Awesome. Again, yeah, I appreciate your time, man. We uh, we covered a lot there, so I appreciate you taking the time to do that. So close to uh, so close to round one. So uh, yeah, good luck this weekend, and we will talk to you real soon. Thanks, Joe. Talk to you. Okay. See you, Cole. Bye bye.